Yeah. So here we are. Again. Again. Outstanding times. Yep. Waiting for a breakup. Gosh, what a pain in the... <laughs> I'm My watching... sagging here. Yeah, this is a little... Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, oh, good times. Jeez. So not really sure what to do with that. This oh, is what I'm going to do with that. Oh, you, you cut out there as you're messing up. Yeah, that's, this is what we're going to do with that. I'm going to adjust some stuff and, yeah, make it a little better. There we go. So... Dude, I'm waiting for breakup. I mean, it is... I mean, the winter hasn't been, like, long... But it's a, it's that time of year where I just I start getting that like itch, you know what Dude, I mean? Like February, no, horrible. not February, January. This was the longest January I think I've ever. Well, we both had a lot going on in our personal lives away from hunting and fishing. It just and, took forever, and then it was cold. It, it cold drug on, and I was noticing that. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, driving and seeing the side the sun hitting that those uh the snowbanks yeah well so i was and, out uh you start seeing the 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 dirt yeah right melting a little bit the darkness on those snowbanks right. melting a little more like oh man it's starting to penetrate it's starting to yeah it takes a little time what i noticed is i was actually outside with my kids and they were outside playing mm. in the snow yeah which has been so cold at 15 below that you know here in anchorage yes you can go out and play but my kids are like dad it's cold <laughs> well no and so it's like, I can't really and Here's argue. my kid like, can I go out in the minus 30? Sure. And she's yeah. out there for 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, my kids are more like, I want to be out there, out there. Like, they're like, yeah. I want quality time. The other thing is, it gets dark at like 334. So mm-hmm. it's not like you get home from school, you do your homework, and then yep. you're pretty much done. But now, staying lighter, longer, they're wanting to get out. Mm-hmm. So it's actually out shoveling my driveway trying to get all that snow just kind of broken up so it doesn't turn into a big slick ice mess yeah and when as it starts breaking up and my dad came out and yelled at me you because we we're doing a, a fundraiser for the school and he's like hey kid you ready to go to dinner i'm like oh it's 5 20 mm. oh i mean it was one of those kind of like, oh that's a good 5 20 like yeah so there's used light. to there's light like yeah. i'm so used to oh hey it's time to go in and then you kind of go in and you get ready for yeah. dinner and then yep. not a big deal but it's, so it's starting to get like all those things are starting to creep in and be like, it's it's getting towards summer and mm-hmm. 23 hours of sunlight and yeah, you know how this works where it's manic season and you just want to be on the water and you want to be out and it's warm and all the good stuff of summer. Absolutely. The fishing, the bear hunting, dreaming about moose. Uh, I'm so ready for fishing. Like for, ice fishing is one thing. I love ice fishing. It's good. I mean, especially in the middle of winter, like it's something to do. But if you told me, if, if you said if there's one kind of fishing you have to give up, I'd give up ice fishing. Oh, I, I would agree with that. But like, I do really love it. It's just a different type of fishing. It is a different type of fishing. It's, so it's slower. It's it's methodical. Methodical. It's I like those kind of things. That's why I like fly fishing. That's why I like duck hunting. It's, right. I like the. Let me think about this and try and figure uh, out what this animal is going to do. So I like that aspect, but I also like the fact that when I go out in the summertime, I don't have to take as much gear with me. And so one of my things is I've been trying to kind of shrink the amount of mm. gear and junk I bring out just because sure. I think it makes you, A, more efficient, but, B, just kind of you have more fun. You're less time messing with the gear as you are actually fishing. You're actually hunting, things like this. But speaking of setting things up, I put on – or, you know, I we were talking about our bait last time we went out ice fishing. Okay, yeah. And, you know, our bait was okay, not great. And the problem is... pretty soggy. It was getting pretty soggy. But the downside is, is so if you go buy bait at, you know, Walmart, Freddy's up here, it's like 6 $7 for a little tub of shrimp, like three ounces, two ounces. True. And so I went out and I bought a $10 sack of great <laughs> value or what was it? I don't know, one of those, you know, generic stuff. And it was like, you know... Like Ten dollars worth, so it was like maybe a pound of shrimp. Oh, okay, pre cooked, yeah, yeah. pre cooked, and I soaked it, and then I put it on a on a cookie tin. Yep, it just put some towels underneath it to kind of let it just sit there, and then I threw it in a disposable, I don't know, bucket if you will. It's like a little Rubbermaid kind of thing. It's one of those mm-hmm. ones your lunch meats come in, and it's a nice thing is the wife doesn't scream at me when that thing gets broken or gets all full of <laughs> that gooiness that we call the greatness. So I threw in some borax solution. It was. Uh, uh, Poloskis or Proskis or whatever their name is sure. out of Oregon and with a little uh, krill powder and shook it up and it just perfect. Hmm. I did the same thing with the fish too. So the nice thing is you know, so when we go out for pike, there's fish that are like ready to go. Yeah. 
it's I think there's a couple of things that you got to do with that. Is number one is dry, like get it wet, let it rehydrate, yep. and then let it dry. So the last time we did this, when we went out, that our infamous tent blowing over. <laughs> And our shrimp went all and over. Our shrimp went all over. So you had you had stuff you brought out that day. Yeah. What did you do with that one differently? So what I did is I threw a little bit of water in there because we're using a dry powder. So there's the liquid stuff and then there's the dry powder stuff. And so I, I threw the I threw the dry powder in there and then uh, threw a little bit of water on top. So the idea was that it was supposed to be like a slurry kind of thing. Yeah, because that was just soupy. Yeah, it was soupy. So, but I think the key is is just let it all air dry and just kind of let it do its thing and just go out there and shake the box. So, if, yeah. I mean, it does take a lot of room. Yeah. And I and the nice thing about a little Rubbermaid thing, you can just put both hands on there and just shake it, and then away you go. And it turned out really well. Hmm. So, we're kind of excited. Nice. And Walmart sells over in there. Oh, it's kind of over by their food saver area. At our local Walmart, they have some like disposable, like you buy them for like three dollars, like five, like lunch box, yeah, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. sandwich size. They and have you, those. There's a few spots they sell just cheap Tupperware. Cheap, it's really cheap. It's their mainstay or whatever. So when you, I mean, I'm in it for if you actually figure it up. Mm-hmm. It's ten dollars for the shrimp, three dollars for the thing. Let's just assume you're buying all brand new right now. Yeah, and then you buy another ten dollars worth of borax powder with the what do you call it? All scents the and dyes. scents and dyes and all that mixed in, so you're in it for probably twenty five bucks. But I'm making seven or eight times the amount of bait. The nice thing is, and you're not using all the powder; you're using just a little bit of the powder. Mm, yeah, so that's going to go a long. It's going to go a long ways, yeah. and you can use it for your salmon row, and you can mm-hmm. use it for you know. So yep, it'll be good. And the nice thing is too is you just suck pack it when you get all done. So if you don't use it all, just suck pack it. So, and, that's good. And I think that's going to be the key that. I think a lot of people don't do, and it's the same the same thought of when you're even when you're cooking meat, um, drying it off. Yeah, um, I see a lot of guys with with uh, salmon skeins, and they put those out there straight out of the fish, and they just start dumping powder on it, but they don't dry those things. Yeah, let them air dry. It just take a long time. I mean, half an hour, forty five minutes. Go do something else. Come yeah. back. Uh, that helps. I mean, but it's the same kind of principle as like when you. So you cook a steak on the grill. Mm-hmm. A lot of us know to rest the steak. You know, you mm-hmm. throw it under some tin foil and just kind of let it sit there. Well, the same kind of thing has to go on. You just kind of let it reabsorb and kind of dry off a little yeah. bit, and then here you go. Well, I'll pull out of a pull out of the package, and uh, I'll throw it into paper towel and dry that sucker and let them sit in paper towel for ten minutes. Yeah, well, your grill's at, warming up at yeah. room temp. And just and try and absorb as much liquid off of that and out as I can, and then I'll put my seasoning on it before it goes on the. So with this technique, especially with the little, the bait fish that I've got, I'm trying the same kind of thing. I did literally the exact same thing, trying to see if I can't get the bend. This seems like it's worked as well. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna try it with those with pike. My goal is to go after hooligan this year. Mm-hmm. So we got dip net coming up, and they're actually dip netting right now for hooligan in, um, Oregon, smelt in Oregon, in okay. Washington. So. But so hooligan are very oily, right? But for a I'm bait wondering fish, if just just for the pure side of getting them dried enough to put get that that uh, the powder to stick on them well, okay. So they don't turn into a sloppy slurry mess in the container. Correct. I wonder if drying them would work first. Yeah, I'm thinking like because it's when you're dip netting for those, it's May, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in theory, I should be able to leave them out on the back porch. Mm-hmm. And let them dry while I'm watching the kids. So my dad has this fantastic way of doing it, because one thing you don't want is you don't get flies all over it, right? Because yeah, let's face yeah. it, we got the big old horse flies up here, and they're gonna get. They do sound like small hel- helicopters, I right? think. But yeah. So well, everything's bigger in Alaska. Of course it is. Take that, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so well, my dad had to go there. Didn't yeah, you? oh yeah. I got some great friends who. She used to live in Alaska and now lives in Texas. And God bless the military. All of a sudden, you got to... She wasn't military. Oh, well. So, Move from yeah. Texas, Alaska to Texas? Long story. Yeah, there's... I mean, I had a good friend of mine in the ICU that did the same thing, but it was for medical reasons for his kid, and I, mm-hmm. so I respect the reasons. People have reasons why they do things, but... She's just a cowgirl by heart, so, I mean... And Texas, well, Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, where real cowboys are at? Yeah, I digress. Like I said, long story, and we're going to go off. Anyway, 
Jeez. Some people's children. Trails. So my dad had this ingenious little setup to keep the flies off, but yet still be able to get air to your 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 row. So he took some two by four and he got on there with a table saw and he cut nice little grooves all the way around it. Right? So it I'm half inch groove. Okay. Just wide enough that a a window screen will slide right into it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then he basically took the top off and screwed the top right in, put that window screen in, two sets of window screens. I see. With, yeah. you know, just a, you know three inches of room between two inches of room. Right. And then would screw the top on and had all his uh, his row in there. And you get the breeze going through it. It'll air dry, but all the bugs, all the nastiness you don't want on your wool. Right. That makes a lot of sense, actually, it. when you say it. Work really, really well. So we got some really good dried row out of that. That's one way of doing it, which I'm not opposed to, particularly after we get done dip netting for the red salmon. That might be a really good way to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm thinking, you know, maybe fish. You know what I mean? Just because it'd be really nice to be able to take and take some of our fish, dry it out, set up our bait for the year. Because as you start getting, you know, you start thinking about halibut, you start thinking about, you know, bait in terms of, you know, kings and pike and, 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 pretty quick at eight dollars i mean they're eight dollars a package for sure. 10 of the little jokers sure. I mean, they're not what i call cheap mm-hmm. now I mean, what are those when you're buying them though I they're not hooligan well i think they're smelt I and mean, they're herring and smelt so herring. the bigger ones I'm are sure it's herring you know the bigger ones are smelt and i have some of those which are nice for like your halibuts and things like that your herring uh are smaller and used for more like salmon your silvers your kings your pike things like this Hooligan, I think, are more like the the herring size. They're not the smelt size normally. Herring size, but my curiosity is because hooligan are such an oily fish. Well, my other question is: is are herring or are hooligans? Are there, is there really a commercial season for them? And if they're only going after them for bait, versus they're going after herring anyways for canning and for mm-hmm. other purposes. So it's just like, hey, the stuff that fell on the ground, we'll use that as bait. You see yeah. where I'm going with it? Like it's yeah. more of a, it's an easy to do versus it's a specific you know what i'm saying sure no i get you but i think it's worth a try it's worth it's a lot of fun and we can get the kids out and i'm getting excited about doing those things yeah exactly that's coming up man it is i mean hooligan dip netting is we're a we're 60 days out from breakup buddy yeah i mean really i mean 15th of april i mean it's about 60 ish days sure i'm getting excited i mean 60 days goes fast we got what nine weeks to easter something like that yeah yeah Oh, and trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah, it works for a church, so, you know, they, they kind of know when Christmas and Easter are coming. Oh, jeez. Just saying, that's like two big days. Or, you know, details, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I think about it in terms of, like, 60 days. We are 15th of April. People are... Is that a beer? Negative. Uh, well, we are at the church right now, just to get away from the kids, but <laughs> it'd be kind of poor form to crack a beer in the church office. <laughs> Truth. Truth. <laughs> Although you did hear the the, the six-pack-in-the-wall story, right? Oh, yeah. There was a six-pack of Buckhorn, no less. I mean, Buckhorn, all, yes. Of all the beers to have. Well, you know. But it, it was, was 1980. 1980 like. in Alaska. You just you have what you got. But yeah. when they built the built the church, they put a six-pack of Buckhorn in the walls. And Yeah. And when we, were, we remodeled last year, mm-hmm. we found a six-pack of Buckhorn. Well, there was always this, the rumor was that there right. was booze in the wall. And we found it. Yeah. So now the question is, did we put anything back? I don't believe we did. We had talked about putting a nice bottle of whiskey or something in there just because, just to honor the the old builders. But mm. anyway, anyways, yeah, I can understand why not. Also, in that. yeah, well, but hey, you know, so yeah, the hooligan versus I, I think man, it'll make great bait, right? Um, and I think I think if we dry it out, we, and your dad's two by four idea might really work. I could you know, big enough deck that catches the breeze back there. Yeah, we could totally set something up and. Mm-hmm. Let it just do its thing. Yep. It wouldn't cost us a ton of money. We'd be in it for 20 bucks. If that. Or we just go find some used 2 by 4s in the... Yeah. You get my my dad's scrapyard. Yeah. The screen is the bigger piece. True. Um, just because you'd want fresh, fresher screen, I would think. As long as it's cleaned out. That's the big thing. You don't want it to get it full of garbage. So, you know, right. if you just pull it off your house and after sitting up all summer or all winter or whatever it is, you're going to have a lot of just kind of... So just wash it off real good. Make sure the breeze yeah. goes through it well, and you're fine. But I could see that being a, a coup, so to speak, if we could get that you know elevated up a little bit, and away we go. Yeah. 
because it would be a lot of fun to have our own bait, so to speak. Something that we made. You know what I mean? Sure. There is value in that. It's just you know, taking the time. Sourdough bait. <laughs> we have to be sure it works first. <laughs> oh, we have to go fishing. Oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then again, uh, it's, we're getting them for personal use. It's that whole, you know, now you have to pay for the bait. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's not something that's going to happen for years. Yeah, if, if that. ever. But it's, I, you know, I, I think about things like that. I think about open water comes up, and then as the water opens up, the trout are hungry, the pike are hungry. You know, we have a lot of opportunities for fishing, oh, yeah. in particular as the breakup happens. Yeah. Nothing really much happens for, I mean, April 15th, the bears do open that you're going to allow to put out bait on the 15th of April. So you are, in, in theory, where we could also go just spot and stock for bears, but really bears don't pick up usually till about the first of may somewhere in there ish depending upon the year depending on your location yeah and so i just kind of go that first few weeks there's like oh it's time to get out i mean normally i kind of my kickoff for traditionally for the you know spring season was we'd always go to the the great alaskan sportsman show mm, yeah which is not exactly the world's best thing but it's usually just warm enough slushy on the ground you're getting excited and you can walk out there without a coat yeah or just a hoodie kind of thing and you go hey i want to do this and then you turn around you go oh but it's not quite time yet things haven't broken up quite enough well i've so that show has a lot of the charter boys to come up and they're they're booking stuff and they're they're giving they're getting their business known and out there right exactly and there's a lot of cool things that you can walk around and look at i like looking at the boats and the Mm -hmm. atvs and drooling and going God, if I only made an extra $300,000 a year. When is that this year? I don't know. I think it's the usual. It's usually that first weekend of April. The other big thing that I like going through is the ADF and G usually has a nice display up there. You know, like pelts and things like that. The kids spend probably, Mm. I mean, like the amount of time we spend just in the ADF and G area is probably 30 minutes. Sure. Just at that little area, which is all, all things considered a small part of the show. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not a big area that they have. I mean, it's just. 20 by 20, if 20 that, by 30. Yeah. So it's a kind of a crappy location. It's in a crappy location. It's in a kind of out of the way area. I think they kind of give it to them at a reduced rate just to be nice, but maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. ADF and G doesn't care. They're getting paid to sit there. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's your sports dollars at work. 2020. Talking is, you know, hard. The Great Alaska Sportsman Show 2020, April 3rd through 5th. Yeah, so it's so, that first weekend. That first weekend, April. Yep. Which is a Friday, Saturday. And they usually do some like clinics on the side that you can go to, like how to, the, the, how to do the land sales. And yeah, and they got fly fishing things. Yeah. And some of them are okay. Some of them you kind of go, meh. Yeah. But there's always one that I'm interested in, but it's usually one when I have to work or it's middle of church or something. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, meh. I like going the, the first night. Friday night? Yeah. Is it Friday or Thursday? I think it's Friday night because it's over the whole weekend. So if it's the 3rd, 4th, and 5th, that's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which would make sense. That's when you'd want it. You open it up on Friday night for all the Friday night kind of guys. Yep, it is. Yeah, going uh, – I used to – I want to say they used to do one Thursday night, all day Friday, and then Saturday, it, Sunday. It, but anyway. It's like anything else. Like, So if you talk to a chiropractor, it's very interesting. Of all the days they take off, because they usually take weekends off. But during the week, if you notice chiropractors tend to take off Tuesdays, Thursdays. Hmm. And you say, why is that? Like, and I asked my... Everyone hurts themselves on the weekend. Well, it's not so much that as it is if you want three times during a week, you get Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? But of all the days, if they have to drop a day down to four days a week, they drop Tuesdays. Hmm. It's yeah. just statistically their least busy day. And I'm sure if you look at the amount of money that they make on those days for their outlay yeah. of cash, it's, it's probably not, not worth it. It's not worth it yeah. because... Yeah, the Sullivan Arena. I mean, it's a nice place, but without the aces there now, it's mm, it's expensive. It's expensive. It's I'm sure expensive. they're, yeah, I'm sure they're hurting for cash and trying to figure that out. Their cash flow things. Yep. So it's a I'll, business be, I'll be real curious to see how the sportsman show is this year. So yeah. I'm excited for it because it's usually kind of the unofficial kickoff. Yeah, it's like all right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's there's still snow on the ground here and there, but it's warm enough that you start seeing stuff melting, and it's it's yeah. it's getting there. And everybody's starting to get a little excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, a lot of guys are starting to fire up their boats and, you know, do all that summery stuff. Actually, might be an interesting trip to about that time to do a Kenai run. And here's Four. why. 
four. Because the rainbows are going to start popping up. It's getting warm. The yeah. The water level comes up. You can go now and go after rainbows right, right now. There. I mean, at they're there. Landing, at Cooper's Landing area, it's not. It's it's interesting how it works. So as somebody that didn't grow up in cold snow country, like mm-hmm. Michigan's, uh, Wyoming's, yeah. I spent most of my time, you know, 1,000 feet up in rural Oregon on the western side where it doesn't get that cold. I mean, we spent a lot of time we kind of at that freezing mark, you know, going back and forth. We don't spend a lot of time under that cold mm-hmm. mark where you can do things. Yeah. Is like Campbell Creek over by providence hospital where sure. i work they have you know it's just campbell creek's flowing right now like yeah. it's been 15 below for how long and it's still flowing but yet you go out here to the cook inlet where the sea is at and it's frozen big chunks of ice yeah to the point where that's have an icebreaker to get the stuff in and out of port yep. or eagle river as you drive over they're riding snow machines on eagle river but mm-hmm. you run 10 miles away which is this little creek of i mean you know it's a table size you know what I mean? it's not it's a big creek yeah and it's not frozen. Mm-hmm. Just weird how it works. Yeah, just weird. Totally weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, April that time frame, man. I'm I'd be kind of curious to see if we could get down and uh, get on some big old bows that are starting to pop their head out of uh, out of the lake. Yeah, Skilac f- and the well, they're Arkina. so they're gonna they'll pull up out of the river towards the lakes. Yeah, right. True. So right. you get up in the lake area. Yeah, I mean, there's they're gonna be down in the rivers in certain spots, and I mean, you just were down there not that long ago, and yeah. it's a lot warmer in those areas than true, true than it is up here, right? So it's just that's that part of Alaska doesn't get as cold, it's just the way it is. Uh, yeah, for the way the thermals work, and, exactly. So yeah. um, it's not as cold, right? Um, it doesn't ice up as like you'd expect up here. So people will go down in the middle of winter and go go fishing it. Well, I had several of my buddies that used to work in the ER, and they would go. You know, middle of winter, they'd be yep. out there and their waders, you yep. know, freezing water, but it's really not that bad, I guess. That's what they claim. I never went with them. And they oh, it's go. cold. I'm sure it is. But I mean, it's fishing. Yeah. It's open water fishing in <laughs> yeah, February. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you do what you got to do. Exactly. So, but I, I, I'm telling you, this year I think it's going to be a good year for us. Last year we had some problems off and on, like with the bear stand. I think this year will be better. I think I think we're gonna be able to build on it. You know what I'm saying? Oh well, yeah. I mean, you can't get much worse. Well, I mean, yeah, no bears. We could get no bears instead of two. <laughs> well, but hold on. But the bears came on late, and then there were some other things that happened. Like my dad got injured and yeah. whatnot. So sure. But I don't think anybody was getting hit out there. I really don't. Because those I'm curious to find that out. But here nor there. I mean, we're gonna be moving spots, so it's just gonna be a different year this year. Yeah, it's gonna be different. 2020. All the good things, right? Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> People say that, oh, it's a new decade or whatever. I'm like, yep. yep not sure much enough. has changed from yesterday to today. Yeah. I mean, it's still. And you wake up, if your life sucked in 2019, it probably still sucks in 2020 because it's a personal thing. But anyways, <laughs> attitude, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, but I just, it's that time of year where it's like it's getting sunny. And February, it's interesting. So February is normally like a really sunny month up here too. At least in my experience, hmm. and it's yeah. only been a few years, Yeah, but usually like we'll get like March, April tends to get a little more like wintry mix, like where you get more snow, we'll get a blast of snow. So we will get breakup and then about eh, week out, like you're like finally like breakups on and then we get a foot of snow and, but it melts away in like three days or whatever, but it's just like, and we're, oh, hmm. wait. Yeah. Just screwing with your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like a bad prom date. Dave's crying in the corner. Why? I just want to go fishing. <laughs> but we got to, well, this year we have a, uh, we have to uh, go out and try and get kings on the uh, dock rods. So we officially declare their dock rods and not. They are not ice fishing They are rods. not ice because they are longer. They're about a foot longer. Yeah. Yeah. Even though Amazon sold them to me as ice rods, but whatever. But I yep. have two of them. So we can go out. Did you buy two of them? Yeah. So we have three of them total now. Yeah. You, you have one. I have one. Okay. But well, anyway. Anyways, we got enough rods. There. We got enough rods. We need to get some kings. The challenge is landing a king on a dock rod. Now the question. Now we have. To, now so, these are these are ugly sticks. Yeah, they are so ugly sticks. They're there. not going to be just a. Well, you have a little pos. It's not the Barbie rod. Yeah, it's not a Barbie <laughs> rod. Like we, I mean, they're they're it's a legit rod. Right. So. But so we have now, to kind of lay it out now. So the question here is, do we use this everything that we're other than other than line? Do we use everything that came on that rod, or are we allowed to upgrade a reel? 
if your reel's crap, I'd be okay with an upgraded reel, but not to a salmon reel. It'd have to be like a trout reel. No, the one that came on it. But I would say, but I'm like, it would have to be like, if, if we do it with that, in my mind, we'd have to go like trout reel, not like salmon reel. Like, keep it like small. Okay. The idea is it's light tackle. Okay. So, I mean, I'll so, keep the I ones mean, on it. The one that came on it is not a bad reel. Not it's, horrible. I mean, it's not the greatest, but it's not a piece of crap. I can, the only thing I don't like is it doesn't have a, you, you can go backwards on it and create a rat's nest. Is so, there a switch on it? No, mine doesn't. That's the only thing. That's the only reason why I'd switch the reel. Okay. But I want to keep it small like a trout reel. The idea here is it's trout sized yeah. it's really we're kind of undergunned so to speak i'm actually really excited to take that thing up to montana creek oh montana creek would be a blast oh gosh now the question is so with the kings say you have to land it with the net or without the net how would you do it with a with a salmon rod i've always landed them with a the net just because mm-hmm. i don't want to lose them that's kind of where I'm at. If you can land them with a net, great that yeah, counts as a land I, 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 we're probably gonna be doing this on ship creek let's be honest about it so row spinner kind of whatever you use but the idea being is it's on the ugly stick the dock rod light tackle gear yeah and away we go man i almost want to get high on ship and just... get high on ship well that just sounds really bad brandon because yeah, well... marijuana is legal up here so it's true yeah it's true so when he says high on ship he's talking about getting up towards the there's a cable that comes across that is the boundary marker for where we're allowed to fish yes. and it's Virtually, I mean, I don't know if right at the, right at the cable is, uh, truly tidal water anymore, but it's like right to the tidal area, like it's yeah, all tidal yeah. essentially. Yeah, I think that fish. area is still tidal, just barely. barely. But getting really up there towards the wire on Ship Creek. Well, the question and, is, uh, and do a little more spot. Yeah. So the question is, is the guys that spot for them by the time they get up there, they're usually pretty well beat up. It's true i mean but my thing is is we should I mean, the more i think about it so the mud so if, if nobody's familiar with ship creek there's just this mud banks as you go further down the more mud glacier you get, salt the, yeah it's just, glacier salt mud banks and every year somebody gets stuck out there mm-hmm. number one but i'm thinking if we got down in there and we like got somewhere like maybe around that uh that restaurant that's over the over the river and just got like down in the river got on the rocks i like low tide and just walked even down i'd be fine with it where we can still do the sight fishing yeah, man, have you seen that? I mean, I think about that river at low tide down in that valley of that those mm-hmm. mud valleys. That's that's a gnarly river. It's not it's not for the faint of heart. What I'm saying is somewhere f- down, down in there, we could still go down there and get in the water. I think it, I'm not saying we go all the way to the mouth. No, I'm not arguing for that. But it's it's. I mean, I, I think would, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to stay because man that that river moves in those spots it's not a necessarily i'm going to stand in this river and walk wade the river down there yeah well i'm saying if we, if we use but the river you have to, to get walk, down even that is pretty pretty gnarly there's a lot of big rocks that are in there it's causing some pretty decent rapids to go down in there I, I, and there's I some holes that are not small yeah but i'm just saying that like, you could so we could extend it out is my point i think if you're going to come in where the bridge is there where the i forget what the restaurant's called it's not a bad restaurant from what I understand. Yeah. It's right uh, by the Ulu factory. Might be called the bridge actually. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> the, the bait shack is right there. The bait shack is right there. Yeah, but if you if you're put in there and you're walking down, you're not gonna go far before you get to a spot where you have to pop out and walk into the muck. Yeah, true, true. So uh, it's almost moot point doing that. Um, I see a lot of guys doing they're very successful at it. What they're doing is they're going in farther down, they're sliding down the bank. So and then they're climbing back up out of the bank to get yeah. out of the water. That's what they're doing. Yeah, I just the, the mud just to me is not. I don't know. Well, I, I agree. I don't think that's the, the smartest Smart. way of doing is sliding down a mucky bank into a water river that's gonna. I think you'd be better fill up on you. Yeah. So that's where I look at that, and it gets kind of silty down there. That water's even though mm-hmm. it's at low tide, it's still kind of silty. You don't see it. It's not a spot fishing area. You just have yeah. a restricted hole where these fish are coming into these little holes, right. and you're gonna have. 15 guys beating the crap out of one hole true. because it's not my idea of true. I mean, the, the, the downside to ship is it is a bunch of guys that do, but we have an advantage this year. Oh, do we? We oh. do. I feel like that. It just uh, hit you. Didn't it I feel like Mickey mouse? Oh, toodles. Anyway, sorry. If you have young kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. And it makes me kind of <laughs> sad that I know exactly what you're talking about. Like it, it hurts my soul a little bit that I knew I could picture Oh, toodles. Oh. Uh, and we lost Brandon. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, 
God. How many, like, sleepless nights after working on a medic rig did I have and come home oh. to listen to that song and that stupid show for hours on end while I'm, like, half asleep on the couch? But we have the advantage this year. Yeah. yeah. And maybe we can do Sean the Sheep next time. Sean the Sheep? What? You, your kid never made you watch Sean the Sheep? Uh, apparently not. Oh, it's a claymation thing from the UK. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, my daughter loved Wallace that. and Gromit. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Ella never got into that. Oh, Shaun the Sheep. Yeah, it's all about Shaun the Sheep. She kind of was like, this is dumb, Dad. <laughs> well, but anyway. Yeah, anyways. But, but we have advantage. an advantage. So what's our advantage? Our advantage Thanks, is Blaine. we no longer have to stand on the banks or walk down the muck. This is true. Assuming that we have the stones to go around the horn. Which I do. Yeah, that's not far, Andy. Yeah. A, and if it really gets bad, we bail ship when we get to the, the water really close. So we got that little Zodiac. I mean, it's not yeah. a Zodiac, but it's an extreme sports. It's a Zodiac for, it's all, a, intents it's for all intents and purposes. It's yeah. a Zodiac. And I got that thing together. It's not quite 100% yet. It's uh, it's close. I have one more piece to put on, which I'll probably put on tonight, and then take it out in my backyard and let it sit. I put the floor in it today. It just... It, it's one of those things. I got to air it up, and airing it up in the shop is so much nicer. So they have a special yeah. adapter for those Zodiacs where yep. you can use shop air. Yeah, much nicer than pumping. But it's light enough. Two guys can pick it up. I mean, we I, could we could <laughs> we could take that thing and put in at the bridge. How of a a hole move that would be. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing you have to think about is people can throw their crap at you and then hook you, <laughs> not hook you. You is it hook your boat? <laughs> And then now you're, uh, yeah. But I'm just saying, like we have that ability but now to get go, around that corner. But we could go all the way up to the railroad bridge mm-hmm. by coming out and like actually launching. And I'm curious. I have to go down and check because if I remember correctly, you actually don't have to pay to park if you launch. Ooh, I have no idea. Because there's a special little like like gated off area. Yeah. And I can throw it on the flatbed. It's not a big deal. Sure. Drive down there, and it and even if it is, it's still the same to park regardless of walking in or boating in mm. so which is nice because you could go down there and down towards the mouth so as the tide's going out like if you fish high tide mm-hmm. or if you want to like fish low tide and fish as you come in you can you can catch that at the mouth and you can maybe let's say for example things aren't working all that well in theory we could actually troll you know honestly as i'm looking at our uh the onyxes Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that where the 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 boat launches there, around that corner. Yeah, that's not much. Oh no, it's it's it's, it's actually, really so little to go around there, unless you have some hundred yards. Yeah, unless you have some crazy high windy seas that day, which we may not want to go sit out in the. You probably don't want to sit on the, the flats anyway, right? Because I mean that'd just be brutal. Getting around that point is going to be nothing. And it's not even a point. It's literally, so it's literally just up the... It's like slight curve. Yeah, it's not hard. We can do it in a heartbeat. You, yeah. A guy's row it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that, yeah, pulling that around there, getting ourselves into that first or second bend, wherever those deep holes are there on that on that, on the river. Man, that would be... Uh, yeah, pulling it up right now, I'm looking at it. It's 100 yards, maybe. Mm-hmm. I've seen guys literally row it. So, I mean, it's not like it's not unheard of. Yeah. My question is, is if we – so say, for example, we have like a Friday night, and we're allowed to fish Ship Creek till 11 o'clock at night, and then we're shut off. That's a state. Okay, yeah. You know? And let's just say we know that the tide is just doesn't work for us for whatever reason. Like, it's just sure. like high tide. It's like 5. By the time we get out there, you know, you pretty much start to dwind- dwindling returns, right? Mm-hmm. What if we just launched and just like – did circles out in front of that boat launch. I want to say we talked about that, about fishing off the boat launch. Well, I want to say there's something that you can't do out there. No, no, we're allowed to fish out there, but nobody does because it's really salty there. Well, I want to say that there's something, because we had talked about that, what what allows us from going off of there and just fishing in the salt. 
Well, as far I'm talking about using the boat, getting out, say yeah. maybe well, 200 yards. Last year, because my point last year was, is once you start fishing in salt water in Alaska, you can snag. Well, no, th- there's a rule that you can't snag above a certain point in the Cook Inlet. Okay. So we're not allowed to snag. Sure. Okay. So, so, so that's what is, we're talking about. Yeah, that's what we're talking it about. It was a it was a discussion that happened a while ago, and I'm yeah. trying to remember what we had actually yeah, come up with. But, it's one of those things where you can literally say, like, well, what I'm thinking is, is we're trolling with that little boat. Like, don't get very far away from the dock. Mm-hmm. Just go out there and just troll, like, to the mouth and back, to the sure. mouth and back, just back and forth. It, the only thing is, it's Wait, a what? How is that? How does it sound? You're just you're horrible. <laughs> Gosh, bust on my chops again. Yeah, well, you know. But I mean, that's a. I mean, I'm looking at it here. It's according to my onyx, it says 200 feet. So how, it's probably how is trolling in that uh, siltiness. That's my only thought. That's my only question. And You're trolling in silty, silty water. But they're, but when we're like on the lower part of the ship creek, when you're throwing your stuff where most guys are at, yeah, you, there's the, you're essentially you're going off a scent. Hmm. And so, you know, it's a scent, it's a scent driven thing. So, if we had some of those oily fish, hmm. Just, yeah, yeah, that might be it. And my other question is, is is it worth it? So, like, usually the first king is caught like May twentieth. Plus or minus a few days. Yeah. Usually like the last third of May, like you, some of the 20, 25th area. Uh Like it's like that last part of May. That's when the Kings start coming on. Then they're on like Donkey Kong till it's shut off in July. Yeah. What if we could catch them early? Like May 1st. Cause you know, they're going to be stacked up out front. You know, I don't know. Because I mean, if you think about it, so if, if the fish are out there, right? So the fish are generally like out there in the like the fish that are down by British Columbia that are going to be returning to Ship Creek, Alaska, are not. They're not. They're not. If they're down in British Columbia. They're not coming back this year. Mm-hmm. They start making their way back. So they go down. They do their thing, and as they start making their way, so most of these kings are probably floating around the Cook Inlet, maybe in the Gulf of Alaska, getting staged now. They'll push up over the next few months, somewhere in there. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I don't know, and I I just because I've never, never commercial fished. I don't know that side of it enough. Like, where is it they actually are going to stage before they push up a river? Well, so here's the interesting thing. My understanding is that talking. So if you, so in the lower forty eight, because we had mm-hmm. a lot with the salmon fishery there in Oregon. Yeah, guys would go out and the get first guys that kind of hit were buoy ten guys. So you go out of the Columbia and buoy ten and start hitting like everybody buoy ten, buoy ten, buoy ten. You knew that you had about two to three weeks before they came into like the Willamette there in Portland and the Sandy River and how far out were they when they're you say buoy ten that so, oh oh sorry yeah good 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 question so buoy ten is probably oh I don't know it's a few miles offshore it's not so it's outside the Columbia River outside the mouth yeah. over the spit that's what I'd expect and then they I push. wouldn't I wouldn't expect that kings are going to be just stacked up in a but my point is, is that they would be out there trolling, right, in and mm-hmm. around the Columbia River at the bar. But we knew we had so much time before they came into Portland. So my yeah. point is, is, but they would stack up out there in the sense when I say stack up, not like there's a big ball of fish out there. Is there's, they're generally going to be milling in the swimming area, swimming in the area, yep. just swimming in the air. So if we went out there early and just did some trolling, would we have success? Now, interestingly enough, if we limit, so if, let's just say it worked, right? We would have to record all those fish. Oh yeah. So it's a, because it's not like if you're in the salt in the upper cook and you still are required to record them. I'm I'm kind of wondering that with the size of the zodiac we have, right? Not with, big. It's Ten not foot. big, and with the size of the motor we have, and Five the horse. the currents currents that sweep through that area, it'd be a little tough. I don't best. think I I don't see them swimming anywhere near stacking up, quote unquote, yeah. where we would be comfortable. E- even more than that, where we'd be uh, have the ability to even get to right. them. Well, well, yeah, I understand what you're saying. So, yeah, it's not like these things are just stacking up right next to the. All right, they're right next to the river, and you're you know ten feet off of the shore and just waiting to push yeah. up the river. Well, but I mean, they, they are going to. It's like at low tide, they will naturally tend to congregate in front of the river, and then as but I think t- as yeah. when you're at that point, yep. you're catching them up the river. Yeah. Okay. True. It's not like they're gonna sit. You know, right, right there, catching distance where you can like dock fish off for them for two weeks before they push up. So you might get lucky and get one over there. Maybe they just happen to swim by. I'd be willing to, as we do this, because I mean, if we know that you know, sometime about the fifth, tenth of March, somewhere in there, or March, May, yeah, as yeah. guys start doing their thing, I'd be, I'd be willing to go ahead and 
start trolling our way up into Ship Creek and troll our way out just to see. And God only knows. Maybe we get lucky. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get some proxies because otherwise if we catch one, then we're done. True. True. But it all started this dock rods. Mm. I'm telling you, dock rods is where it's at. Any gear after that. Like the terminal gear can be whatever. Like whether you want to use a spinner, bait, mm. eggs, row, fish. Like it doesn't matter what line, you... all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, and what I want to... Dock rod is it. Dock rod. And what size... What size weight? So, like, I'm a braid guy, so it's going to be braid. Just yeah. plan on that. Absolutely. Because it spools out so nice. Do you want to say 15-pound test? Yeah, just drop it down to small. Yeah, because, I mean, I have 15-pound test on there right now, so that's conveniently why I chose that. Because that's the smallest oh. braid I could find. I or, don't know. Or do we want to up it to, like, say, 30? Let's do 30. So what 30, you want... If you can't land a, a salmon on 30... But, so, in theory, then it's just a matter of who's winning and just... You know, as long as you don't break the rod. Versus 15, there's some play there. Yeah. I kind of like the, you got to be a little more of a sportsman. Yeah. All right. Let's do 15. 15. Let's do it. So so I think the other rules we have to set forth is to win it, if you will. So if one guy catches and the other guy doesn't, then obviously you have a winner. Pretty easy. Okay. Now, do we want to go on length or weight? If we So say you catch one and I catch one. Three days apart. Okay. Sure. Do we want to use a weight based or going to use a length based? Like, how do we want to like mm. how do we want to grade the fish that we each caught? Sure. Um, I think traditionally it would be a weight based. Weight based. Yeah. I don't have a fish weigher except for my my calibrated arm my arm chronometer, not my eye chronometer, my arm chronometer. As we know from <laughs> other calibrated eye chronometer, arm chronometer, whatever um, events. Yeah, it's a little off. Hey, <laughs> you know it, it worked for me. <laughs> Sure. Just keep telling yourself that. <laughs> and the other thing that we want to ask is, is that because, I mean, I'll buy a fish scale. It's not a big deal. I, have no I think problem. I have one somewhere. Yeah, I need one anyway. It's yeah. not a big deal. But the other thing we want to ask is, do we want to gut it out or do we want to do like on the fish as you caught it? I think it's on the fish as you caught it is normally what they do. Normally what they do. That's, just, that's you know, standard. Yeah. But <sighs> because at that point you come down to, well, who's flaying? Who's cleaning? Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. Like so, if you're going with like meat taken home, then that can be, yeah. How good is your fillet job? Did you do it? In, yeah. in reality, let's be honest about it. The fish, more than likely, there'll be a pound or two difference. I mean, if it comes down to ounces, then you know what I mean. Brandon just doesn't want to know he's going to lose. No, I normally lose these things. <laughs> I, I'm not good at these kind of competitions. The funny part is, you watch. We'll do this. We'll go out there. We'll try and try and try. And then we'll get, like, pissed off at the dock rods and be like, whatever. And we'll go catch our fish on, like, regular salmon rods. Or we won't catch anything at all. More to the point. That's probably <laughs> more accurate. And we'll blame it on the dock rods to start. And then we'll realize, no, we just suck at fishing Ship Creek. <laughs> Truth. Yeah, if we have to, we could sight fish with those. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited about. Just walking up and down the creek. You don't have a lot with you. And just, bam, just throw that sucker out there. It's almost like ice fishing, sight fishing. You know what I mean? In the sense that you don't carry a ton with you. Like it's a small tackle box. It's not a, you know. I don't carry a ton with me anyway. Well, but I mean like most guys, you got the bait, you got the weights, you've got the, you know, any kind of spin glows you want on there. You got all that stuff that starts adding to it versus with a sight fishing, it's really pretty easy. But, you know, with sight fishing, you just kind of, you just add your, like you just throw your, that's a word I'm looking for. I'm sorry. I'm looking for something here. I'm, I'm digging. Um, you know, you I'm just you just have like a hook with a little bit of thread on it, and you're good. So a fly? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could call it that. Some of the stuff I've seen, I would not call a fly. No, a lot of what it is is it's a you know a, a bead size hook. They'll put bead on the line, and then they'll tie whatever color yarn, normally pink or orange yarn, onto the hook. Legally, it's just a bead attractant. That's all you're required to have. Well, so the, the and I've seen guys do that. You know, on the hook, you mean? Yeah, you can throw a bear hook if you want. Pretty yeah. sure that's legal. I mean, you know, it just it throw a little orange yarn on there, and it's away you go. It just hides that a little bit more and brings a little more attracting to it. Assuming that's really what's going on, and we're not just you know feeding the fish and then hooking them. Well, we're doing that anyways. Oh, what do you think fishing is? <laughs> Fishing's exciting stuff. 
No, but I'm saying it's like, you know, normally we think about like a lure, like dragging through the water and they attack it. Hmm. Sometimes I wonder with salmon, are they really attacking it per Depends se? On the salmon. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, well, you watched them uh, when we were up on Montana last year with the purple. Yeah. And man, they were chasing those things down to hit it. So I think there is a little bit of tapping into the natural, what do they feed on naturally mm-hmm. in the ocean and kind of hitting that natural predator instinct. Yeah, so, And that's where I really like fly fishing is because that's what you're tapping into. You're trying to figure out what is it this fish naturally feeds on and what is it that they're doing. Are they are we throwing something in front of them that's pissing them off and they're predator or they're not not predator but they're they're defending something? Right. Or even predatory because they they are Or are we doing a predatory instinct where they're sitting there going, "Ooh, that's something I you know, that mm. looks like something mm. I normally eat. I'm going to go hit it because my instinct takes over." Right. Or are we looking at, you know, trout you know, where you're Throwing in things that look like eggs or a leech or something that, or even salmon eggs. They'll you know they, so they have those eggs, but even salmon. Oh, salmon! Yeah, yeah, salmon! Yeah, yeah. Not not just trout, but salmon as well. Also mm-hmm. do that. So it's it it can be a lot of fun. The other thing is so with eggs and curing our own. We kind of talked about that. Okay. And so I Coming think back. about full circle. Yeah, you know, full circle today. So one of the things that I found when so my dad was part of the Oregon Fishing Club. Sure. Is they had a like private land access kind of thing going on because mm-hmm. in the 90s it was starting to get really tight where you could just access the bank and even do that kind of stuff yeah so one of the guys was doing like a clinic on how to do it he had like the little toyota minivan those old minivans those pos ones but he yeah. had like 40 rods in the dumb thing sure and he had a scent for like everything so like you opened up his cooler and inside was just boxes of scent mm-hmm. and so like one time is red purple green but like garlic mm-hmm all these other things, WD-40. Like, he had all these different scents that he used. Yeah. And so I got to wonder with Ship Creek in particular, because everybody uses Alaska Bait Co. Like, Because they can buy it anywhere. Right. But would there be value in taking some row this year and scenting it up differently? Because I got to wonder how much scent is in that water. So after, the, like, the first two weeks. So the reason, my first thought on that particular thing is there's a reason he had a giant cooler full of them. Because every different type of fish, every area is going to be hitting certain things differently. Well, and what he so and he would fish for twenty I, minutes or something, and then he'd switch. You know, just because boom. that one's not working. Right. So in my head, I hear it's not necessarily about throwing a different scent out; it's finding the correct scent. You may throw thirty-five or forty different scents down there before you find the one that's like that's the scent. Right, but I mean, obviously, it still has the fishy egg scent. You know, what I mean, there's things like that. But my point is, is would there be value in trying something different? I mean, there's always value in trying something different, but you also, but you have to in that, you have to keep in mind you may be trying a lot different. You may be trying not Habaneros. just one. You right. might be trying thirty, thirty different things that you're throwing in there and not catch crap. Right. So there's thirty different times you're going to go out there and not catch crap because, let's face it. I'm going to really strongly doubt you're going to go out there and throw one line and go, hmm, nope, nope, that's not the right scent. And oh, right. You're spend I mean, you're going to spend a day out there with one scent. Well, and the other thing is, too, is that you think about it in terms of, I also look at what other guys are doing. So, like, on a place with Ship Creek where, particularly down towards the mouth where it's a flat. So, mm-hmm. I can look around and kind of generally tell it's kind of looking, you know, moving your head. Yep. How many guys are catching? Sure. There's a, how, many, how many man hours are put in for every, you know, one animal fish. caught, you yeah. know? That's a ton. It actually, you know, you actually look at it and mm-hmm. you kind of go, wow, there's, you know, there's, say, 50 guys down here spread yeah. out. Sure. And you kind of go, and we're all down here for, say, five hours. Well, that's mm-hmm. 250 hours, and I saw four fish. Yep. I mean, so your odds on, and most of those guys all fish with the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking if we throw something different, man, maybe one guy goes with the eggs and one guy goes with a herring or with a hooligan or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that might help us. You know, we spent a lot of time sitting on the river last year talking about this very exact before we, thing. Before we did the podcast, yeah. Before we did podcast. Um, I still go with... Are we overthinking it? You're overthinking it. Oh, probably. I, I you're, tend to do. You're into the point of like, oh, this is... I think you... Are you getting to the point of you're just looking for the magic key, and now you're just going to pull fish out right and left? I think we all do that as fishermen. We want to find that, like, this is the thing. I'm not saying that I want to, like, just drop my line and just, like, go. But, on the, I mean, here's the thing. When you go out to Ship Creek and you go out there for, say, all season, you put in maybe 
14 fishing evenings. Yeah. You know, or 14 tights. You know sure. what I mean? So you put in 14 tights and you pull out a fish. Yeah. I want to be more successful than that. I want to be the guy that's going, I go but out there. Is that success for that fishery? See, I look at it, I kind of go, of the number of fish coming up? I don't know. I think there's, I mean, there's. See, we we have things like social media right. that thing, the, the bait oh, shack sure. will put up every single person that catches a fish that comes through there because they want people to come get their stuff and go fish. That's Absolutely. a social media push. So we see things like that and we say, oh, wow, there's a lot of fish getting caught. And in reality, how many fish are actually being caught? But, so, but the old adage, and the number varies depending on who you talk to, but mm-hmm. you know, 80% of the fish or 90% of the fish, I've always heard it is either 80 or 90. So 80% of the fish are caught by 20% of the fishermen. Okay. Or what I usually heard is 90% of the fish are caught by 10% of the fishermen. My thing is how can I be in that 10% where I'm just more successful? And part of it is is using moon, using the right bait, using all mm-hmm. those things and doing all those details. Yep. But my thing is, I just kind of go, I want to be in that 10%. So if you think about it, if 90% of the fish are caught by 10% of the guys, right? And you kind of go, okay, if there's a 100 fish out there to be caught, and mm-hmm. 90 out of, the, out of the 100 will be caught by 10 guys. Sure. So it's nine fish for every one the other guy's catching. I don't necessarily need nine fish for every one. Legally, it's not available for kings, mm, yeah. which we're talking about. But it's, uh, you know, if everybody catches, say, on average, one king out of ship a year. Mm-hmm. And they, we all put in about the same amount of effort. So, I want to be the guy that goes, I got three. So what's the return on that river? How many fish are coming up it? It's usually a couple, two, 3,000 fish. It's so, not huge. Yeah, so it's not a big run, first of all. So if you're getting two or 3,000 fish are coming up through there, and what's the average catch on a normal river? Like what's the bycatch normally on a river like that? Mm-hmm. So are they already at a normal catch return for the river? So what you're seeing caught out of there is, okay, that's about normal. That's about a standard. Two, how well do you know that river? Are you actually fishing in spots that are good, or are you just fishing in a spot where you saw some dude catch a fish at one point? So I've fished up and down. I mean, the nice thing about Ship Creek is it's a small river. You know what I mean? It's not a uh, – I'm trying to get the interwebs going here. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things of it's not huge, so there's not a – like it's not no. a – I mean, the Ship Creek in and of itself is actually a long little creek. Goes all the way onto post and things like this. And sure, crosses but the, the fishing, land. the where you can fish Fishes. is not is not huge. So, but nonetheless, do how well do you know where those fish are moving up? True. Second of all, you mentioned things like tides and moons and all that kind of stuff. Are we fishing this on the days that work well for us, or the days that are good fishing days? Well, that's that's part of it. I'm not, I won't disagree with that. That that does play into it. Part of it too is is. Um, so when you're when you're looking at the the guys that are successful and they're the guys that are if everyone's catching an average one a year they're catching two or three when are they actually out there when are they fishing and when we can't get to that because work because life because all that stuff pops in the way right it doesn't matter what you're throwing in the water true you just aren't fit you're not out there when they're moving through so according to ADF and GF I sure. found it and this is there from May of 2019 okay. So they say, well, most Ship Creek Kings average 20 to 25 pounds. Okay. So, you know, a 20-pounder is a solid king on that particular river. Sure. There are a few 50-pounders available. Anglers harvest about 3,800 kings in essentially five to six weeks every year. Okay. So you say 3,800 kings, divide that by six weeks, so 42 days, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get my, get my calculator out because I'm a nurse and I don't do math all that well. <laughs> math is for nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or so, smart people. So you want to say there's 40 fishing days? Well, let's say 50 fishing days mm-hmm. where by the time the actual kings are actually in and then before they cut you off? Sure. Or do you want to go 60? And 50. 50. So 3,800 divided by 50. There's 76 kings on average every day caught. So 76, that's the numbers they're giving me. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. I mean, I don't see that many caught. But so to me, you know what that says? Is that says there are good days and there's bad days. You'll Absolutely. have a day where everyone on that river is hooking up, and then you'll have three or four days or five days or nothing. Right. We must be hitting the nothing days. Yeah. So I think that's a huge part of it. Doesn't I, I look at sure. this? It doesn't necessarily matter what you're throwing in the river as far as scent. That's a very minute part of it. We're just not hitting the days that are good fishing days. That are you know True. the tides are right. That the lunar poles are right. That the fish are actually pushing. Because they push in phases, right? It's not yeah. like they're just continuously running up the river. You'll have days. I mean, there's continuously fish in the river, 
but there's there, but good days. There's good days, bad days. There is pushes. I will agree with that. So we need to focus more on less on what we're putting in the river and more on when those pushes are and how can we tap into when those fish are actually pushing up the river. Well, we got one of those cool apps. Let me take a quick peek here. So that I think is something we should focus on more so th- because I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you had the magic lure that every time you threw it in, you got fish, yeah, you're going to be in that. I don't want to say it's every time that you throw it in, but, like, you know, again, why do 90% of the fishermen catch? Because only 10%. Those those 10% of the guys tap into the the push of the fish, and they understand when those things are going. So I'll put money on. I'm going to make my prediction right now. So sure. it is February okay. here in Alaska. Yep. And I'm looking at kind of the moon. We have one of those apps that goes to the moon and when the fish are supposed to be biting mm-hmm. better. And it seems to actually be a fairly decent little app. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at May yep. of this year. Sure. And it shows that the fishing kind of dwindles off mid-month, about the 15th. It starts picking up, and it shows, like, the full best days are the 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. It starts to fall off. Funny. It really aligns with what you said earlier. Right. About the 20th. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll put money on, plus or minus a day. Yep. Wednesday the 20th. We'll see it on so Because, you know, again, the bait shack will put we'll it on We'll post there. it the first game caught. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So... And interestingly enough, it's, uh, yeah, I'll put money on that side of the day. Now, my question is, is it's far enough out, can I get one of those days off of work? Because hmm. I have to work weekends occasionally, so maybe yep. I schedule my weekends accordingly. There you go. Hmm. But I Ooh. think, wait a minute, the only downside is you also plan in Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> no wife might get No, see, on. the Mother's Day present is, hey, happy Mother's Day, sweetie. I'm taking the kids out to go fishing. You have a day by yourself. Uh, that doesn't work on my wife. <laughs> see, my life would be loving it. Let's see here. Well, the seventeenth is when my CEN describes. Mother's Day is on the tenth this year. So there you go. So there we go. So there I can work go. that weekend before, the weekend after, and perfect. Perfect. So I think there's that has more to do with what is all going on than what bait we're throwing in. Probably, but I do see the because I think I look at it this: the guys that are throwing all that Alaska Co bait in, and there's a lot of guys that go up to the bait shack and buy their bait there. True. I mean, and it, that is a very successful dude who he knows that river very well. He knows what they're eating. So, well, he's on that river every day. For, that's his job. That's, that's what they do, right? Right. So, in my head, my thought is, he's probably got that dialed in. Why are we assuming that he doesn't? We're not there every day. Well, it's true. So, and the other thing about social media too, and then if I had the bait shack and it could be done. In the sense of, say, for example, we have 10 kings caught today that I take pictures of and none tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah, you space uh, it out. You space it out. Oh, absolutely. So it looks like there's always kings being caught. Oh, yeah. But 3,800 3, kings are caught off of Ship Creek on average, according to the state, every year. Okay. Ten of those should be ours. Sure. That just means we need to be out there when they're in. Bummer. We have to be fishing more. <laughs> oh, no, dang. we need to be more strategic, strategic of the days we are fishing. Yeah, I think we need to pay attention more to the app and... Go the lunar with, poles and the lunar tides. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And the other downside, too, is we also have to work in the tides in those. So I don't know what the tides look like on those. So days. I've heard of people, because so far we've been fishing the outgoing tides, correct? Well, we've, we actually we doing been the inc- in, in and out. Okay. So, like, for example, if it's a 8 o'clock high tide, we'll start fishing beforehand, hit I've it. two hours after low is the time you want to do it. See, and I've heard, and I've personally witnessed more fish caught in the like slightly after high tide to the outgoing tide for like two three hours so we'll have to to do a little more research on that one and a little more uh observation dang it this but it looks like i can't tell on the app when the tides are no i got a tide tide book but yeah i'd have to go back and get my tide book out so but it looks like the best time is gonna be early morning or after of course, like interestingly enough, on oh that's the fourteenth. Excuse me, let me get the right day. You for, that's the other problem we have to be looking at is are we looking at the right day? It sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> that's <laughs> but like so okay so uh, here you go so on the twentieth of May mm-hmm. of this year the best fishing occurs at about one thirty two o'clock in the afternoon. Most of us and it's a Wednesday so the downside of that is we both I mean you have to work for the church and we yeah, have Wednesday services services but. It's like that's a midday kind of thing. But if I go to the 21st, it moves a little bit, but it's like it, there's a real big trough right about 6 o'clock, which is when we could traditionally get to there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So the good time is in that mid-afternoon. But, yeah, but the other side of this is you know, you have work. I got stuff going on that night. It's like you just can't say for us it's really hard with 
other obligations just right. to pick up and say. So then we look for other options like, well, can we find something like a scent that's going to give us a little better, better options odds, here? But right. in reality, I think that that's not the odds that the, we need to look there's for. Lower, there's lower hanging fruit is what you're arguing for. Essentially. Yeah. That we are, we're barking up the wrong tree when we're looking at how do we get in that higher percentage of men catching fish, of people catching fish. Yeah. It's not about all the other stuff that we're doing. It's we're just not there when the fish are there. Yeah, that could be. That easily you know? could be. It's so. really hard to, to catch something that's just not there. Okay, then. What that was, was different. That was different because bo- it's like a cell phone kind of thing. Oh, I know what it is. So, you know, Siri and I get along so well. <laughs> and I have my wife. We talked about this. Got me an Apple Watch. Yeah. And yeah. it bumped. And so it did. Uh, for some reason, as I was sitting here in my hands, I wasn't really actually paying attention. I hit the homing beacon so that you ah. find your iPhone. So that was the ping for the finding my I'm iPhone. I was just catching in the mic. <laughs> some people's children. <laughs> I'm getting excited, dude. Mm-hmm. Dock rods, Ship Creek. I'm I'm less excited. I mean, Ship Creek is like that's gonna be fun to be the dude that everyone kind of looks at. Like, are you kidding me? You're out here with that. Well, but but, but, but I'm actually more excited for the dock rods with with uh, with Montana Creek. Montana Creek. Oh, going but, up to down the to. Only reason why I'm getting excited about about the just because it's first. It's the first thing. It's yeah. not. It's not that there's not. Dip I'm, I'm thinking long game. I'm thinking long game with these little dock rods. Oh, so hold I'm on. I'm thinking like, can we go? Can we go do the grand slam? Can we do the grand slam with Ooh. the dock rods? Is what I'm thinking. So overall, so so you want to do a second challenge? Is that what I'm hearing? So I'm, kings. If you can, if you can hit the grand slam. So the Alaska grand fishing grand fishing slam. The salmon slam. Salmon slam. Thank you. Is uh, is one species of every salmon right, caught of all in five. a regulatory year. Right. Fishing season. So my question is: Is is there enough pinks floating around that we catch them? Because it's in every other. There's got to be some creek. Dude, there's pinks. always pinks. Yeah, somewhere I can always get on pinks. Doesn't matter what. So pinks, pinks and silver should be fairly easy. Fairly, I've, you know, silver can be a little tricky. Yeah, and chum can be a little tricky, but they're not bad. You just gotta spot those out and get up north. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah exactly. Now the reds, I have to specifically go after the reds just because, for me, I usually go after reds with. You're a dip netter. A dip netter. You kind of shy away from the the other rivers. Right, just because Russian and all that with all the people, like, eh, yep. I'll just go dip netting and be done with it and go, like, just whack and stack. But we'll have to go hit up some Russian rivers or some of those so places. if we to... catch the king, I'd be willing to go after the slam because I think the king is kind of the— Oh, that's the hardest one. Yeah, it's the hardest one. So if we don't get the—and it's the early one for us. So yep. if we don't get the king, yep. we're kind of out of the running. So it's because by the time you start—you could do late-run kings on the Kenai, but the downside is— Let's be honest about it. we're doing other things like halibut fishing. We're doing, True. you know what I'm saying. We're yeah. more likely to be doing other things. Yeah. So, yep. So that's the that's the if we can pull off the first challenge of landing a king on the dock rod, then it's on total weight. So you so if we're like close on the kings, right? And I caught a bigger silver, total, like total weight on the, on the, the slam price, on the slam. Yeah, hmm. Hmm. intrigued. So because otherwise, I, I mean, otherwise you could do it one of two ways. You could total weight. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or we could do it on each individual species. So king to king, silver to silver. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The other advantage, too, is that if one guy catches, you know, say, for example, you lose the chum, you could get the, you know, pink maybe. You know what I mean? So, like, do you do a three out of five or is it overall? No, you got to get slam. No, no, what I'm saying is like, so, like, for example, if we, let's say we both do the slam, right? Oh, yeah. You get a smaller chum, but you get a bigger pink. Right. So, is it overall weight or is it? Yeah, or is overall it, weight. Or you want to do it like, Okay, I won three. Whoever wins three out of the five species. Let's do overall weight. Overall weight. Okay, and if for some reason we don't get the slam. If, if you get, if both of us hammer a slam, then it's overall weight. Who got the better slam? Okay, and if we don't get the, so let's let's assume for the moment we don't get our king, just because that's kind of again we both agree that's the tough nut in this one. Yeah. Right? Should we try and do the the half the, slam, the half quarter, slam, quarter slam, and just do it based on total weight for that? So like silvers. Sure. Let's do it on the dock rod. On the dock rod. All on the dock rod. <laughs> it's gonna be a summer, man. <laughs> you know, I've thought about it. It did cross my mind while I was out. Of, while I was uh, out uh, sitting there looking over the uh, the cook inlet the other day. Yeah, I was thinking, man, the dock rod. I've and now like jigging for rockfish. 
How much fun would that be? Dude. I mean, I, I see them as, I mean, it's got more flex than, but my, my little halibut rods are not. There's no that, flex in a halibut rod. Right, but there's not, they're not that much bigger. No, no, as far as size, but there's no flex in them. Right, exactly. But my point is, is probably you throw that dock rod down there with four pound weight and the. I feel like I would. I definitely. My point is for if I tried it, it would for, be interesting. It'd be interesting, but I think I could. I would like to do it for rockfish. My buddy uh, did a rockfish on a four foot, ugly stick. Yeah, that's so, my point. It'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, challenge is on. Yeah, man. We, so. to, we should probably quit talking about this. Go string some rods real quick. Yeah, it's about the time to start getting stuff yep. ready to go, especially if we're going to look at doing some ice fishing here in the near future. Yeah, I got to get some bait set some up. Stuff, and yep, so. I got some bait that's cool. All right, up. well, as always, social media hit us up. We got uh, Soured Outdoorsman Podcast, Facebooks and Instagrams and all yeah. that. We even got a Google Voice. I mean, you could literally call it. I'll actually hit my cell phone. Yeah. Leave me a voicemail or a text message and do your thing. And we are more than happy to try and respond and uh, give you our insight, whether it's right or wrong. It's a yep, whole other topic. Right. <laughs> and of course, uh, if you listen to this podcast, go to whatever platform you listen to us on and uh, give us a review. Give us a good whatever star like in five star, four star, all whatever that platform is that you listen to us on and uh you know one thing we did forget about brandon in this whole podcast we've been you know kicking it back and forth between us of another like voice a third guy fourth sure. guy kind of an approach yep and i think i know a guy that might be interested that we both know i think you've been talking to him a little bit yeah we've been talking to him so, so uh, hopefully he says the, yes keep the ears out we yeah. uh, may have a new voice here coming and, soon and he's uh He's a hell of an outdoorsman. He's a little uh, fishy. He's very fishy. Yeah. Uh, in a good way. A good and, fishy man, way. And if you've been to his house, man, he's got some beautiful duck mounts and uh, sheep mounts. And he's just a hell of an outdoorsman. He knows good guy to doing. be around. So. Yep. Anyways, we're going to continue talking on that. So all of a sudden, if a random voice pops on, there you go. you've been forewarned. All right. All right. Until next time. See ya.